0: Quick context to note. This was recorded before the pandemic and before the protests. Some references may seem like they're from a different time. Randomly, today's topic is very relevant. We hope you find it useful in your conversations right now. Black Lives Matter, and we encourage our listeners to show up for Black Lives with your feet, your hands, your wallet, and your words.
1: Dad, you're wrong. Regularly ruminating on rhetorical reasoning for regaling irrational relations with ramifications of reality. I'm Chikri. I'm Zero. What are we talking about today? We have our first story write-in, which is kind of cool. Hooray! Thanks for writing in, people. Yay! They didn't sign their name, so they're anonymous. Anonymous. Okay, I'm going to read it. Ready? Are you paying attention to Zero? Sure. Okay, dear dad, you're wrong. My sister recently had had to select a charity to give a speech for for an English class project. That's nice. That's a good project. Uh, she selected the Bail Project, which posts bail for people in need. In a recent phone call with my uncle, I was talking about her project because I was proud of her. That's a good fucking good siblings. My uncle uh, then just says out of nowhere. That's not a charity. Those people should just follow the, fu- the law. I almost put in the F word. No, the F word isn't there. You've already said the F word three times today. <laughs> yeah, but this is a quote, so I don't want to put in it in somebody else's words. Oh, that's right. I'll say it for myself. Uh, and then it continues. Uh, I hadn't really expected this response, so I didn't know how to put together all the pieces of why it is a charity and what is wrong with the way he's thinking about it since it was my sister's project i ended up just saying that he should ask her about the project but i felt like i shifted the problem and might make it harder life harder for my sister i hope that conversation will go well but i'd like to know what dad your wrong host would have to say to my uncle thanks an annie mouse
2: i don't know if we want to gender anonymous like that annie mouse wait is annie gendered i mean anakin skywalker was annie yeah i think we're okay i'm back on the side of annie mouse it's
1: not as like um like jackie or alex those are like bobby bobby yeah works for me yeah um Annie we'll put any in the in the classification with those, those those names a-n-i-m-o-u-s yeah annie mouse
2: this is a really interesting question we haven't done one of these write-ins before, so we're going to make this up as we go. And normally, Chi is the one who is wanting to talk with people, and I'm on the side of like not wanting to talk to people. And so I'm going to let Chi start, because this seems like a problem you might have encountered something similar to before. You have both good upstanding citizen siblings, which I also have, but you also care about talking to your relatives which i do but i think they forget i live near them so i don't talk to them as often as i can
1: <laughs> or I like call up my relatives a lot well i wanted to say first off i didn't actually know that much about the bail project or really what bail is and so I'd like that's always my first starting place if i'm gonna talk to somebody about shit which is like well what is this thing So just sort of really fast, the Bail Project is something that is really cool, and it basically does exactly what they say in the email, which is that they will post bail for people that otherwise could not afford to post bail. And I didn't understand, like, having never had, like, someone that I would have had to worry about going to jail, I didn't know really what bail was. So I actually did it, like, I googled it. Good old Google. Uh. Okay, well, I should have ducked that goaded or whatever.
2: I'm okay with you Googling things. I'm not sure I agree with the phrase good old Google these
1: days. No, okay, that's fair. Carry on. <laughs> um, but bail bond is essentially something that's like for people that if you're being blamed for something that they think that you did, they being like the police and like the justice system, and they think that you might not show up for court, they'll post bail and then if you can pay bail like that's your your promise your bond that you'll come back to court and so sometimes like the bail is set really really high or even just pretty high and people can't pay it for like you know because it's kind of bullshit anyways but it's basically if you can't pay it then you're stuck in jail for like that time and so you're not you're not convicted of anything you're not proven guilty you're just innocent or not innocent What is the word that I'm looking for? Zero. You're not, you're not convicted, but you're in jail.
2: Technically, since in the U.S. you are considered innocent until proven guilty, you are innocent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're innocent and you're still in jail, Uh, which is kind of bullshit. And it's also one of those things that's like, if you have fucking cash on hand, you know, then you can pay the bail and go back to your Christmas plans or other holiday plans and hang out and then when you come back and you go back into court and it's like settled you get the money back from the bail bond well so just to clarify
2: for a few things quick uh jail is actually generally for innocent people so often when people go to jail they're jail is well where they hold people generally so like when you hear people talk about the drunk tank that's generally where like you're drunk But you haven't really caused that much trouble and the police pick you up and toss you in the drunk tank to like sober up and then they let you go home in the morning Uh, prison is generally what we think of for people who have been convicted and then are going away to like state prison or federal prison to be locked up with other people who've already been convicted sometimes people are put into holding in prison but it's sort of rare that people who have been convicted are in a permanent stay in jail that aside It's also important to note that bail bonds people are what traditionally are thought of as bounty hunters in the modern era. Like back in the day, maybe you'd have someone who was running like around a state and you'd actually like say, hey, we'll pay you a thousand dollars if you bring this person in. But now a lot of bounty hunters are bail bonds people who essentially will give you a loan to get you out of jail. And then if you skip out on your court date, they lose that money. So they will come and find you or slash the courts will then hold them. Essentially, they're putting up collateral for you to come back. So it's their job to make sure you show up at your court date, which is an interesting profession to say the least, because you were saying like you can get out for the holidays or to visit family. But if your trial is not going to be for two weeks, you could get out on bail just to work a normal day to day job. Like if you cannot afford to miss work and you cannot afford bail, you might end up taking what could be a very predatory loan in order to work the job you need to do to keep your job, especially if you're innocent and have just been tossed in jail. Hmm. There is a general problem with putting a monetary cost on lawbreaking. It creates an inherently unequal sense of law, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a bit when we get to the actual things that the, the letter is discussing. But from a very important starting point, holding someone in jail on a monetary fine essentially says if you have money already, then you are at a chance to make more money. Like even if you're just comfortable middle class and have a reasonably set bail, then it's very realistic that you could pay your bail, then go back to working your job. And sure, now you have a new loan, but. It's possible that you'll just be able to make it up at your job in the same way that somebody who's like trying to work three jobs can't necessarily scrape the funds together. And it is often poor people who are considered more suspicious and get the higher bail rates. And bail is also set depending on the crime and some other stuff. But essentially, someone who has like a hundred million dollars getting a million dollar bail is a smaller deal than somebody who has ten thousand dollars getting a hundred dollar bail like any millennial has ten thousand dollars in the bank but that aside i was thinking
1: like or like a thousand dollar bill maybe you might even have that but you know you were going to use that for rent and then like rent comes up and you know what do you do then it's not good
2: yeah that's fair i was trying to keep the numbers roughly equal but Losing $100 could mean between eating a month or not for some people. But yeah, so that's a a quick background history on bail and how it naturally creates an unequal system of justice, which I guess would be a good thing to bring up with the uncle. So speaking of the uncle that we're referring to, pointing out that bail itself is an uneven system of justice might be a good place to start because... Assuming that the uncle actually cares about law and order and doesn't just like, in Dad, you're wrong. we generally assume the best of the other participant in the conversation, because I want to reiterate the standard zero stance on that Dad, you Dadger wrong zeroth Dad, law. If a person is not worth talking to, do not talk to them. So I will always say that first if this person is not worth talking to, it is okay to cut them out of your life and possibly make them look foolish while doing so. You shouldn't feel bad about that. But that means that in dad, you're wrong. We assume that this person is worth talking to, which means you could probably have a really productive conversation about bail is unfair because it does not create a just legal system. Either you let people out of jail until their trial happens. And maybe you have a system for like sending somebody from the court to monitor them. And that happens to everyone or nobody gets out, which is more unfair than the first one. But some people are going to insist on it that I don't think it really fosters innocent until proven guilty. But if you assume we can't let anyone out because justice would say that somebody suspected of murder really needs to stay in jail those whole two weeks You could also link it to various crimes, but then people in law enforcement might just make up crimes to let people sit in jail longer, even if they get charged with something different later. Mm -mm. So there's really a sense of things have to be fair if you're going to pretend that there is a fair justice system, which we don't strictly have in the US. But that sounds like an argument the uncle would respond to that could be made fairly easily with easy numbers to back it up. Like if they understand anything about percentages or fractions, understanding the difference that Somebody with one million dollars having to spend a hundred thousand dollars to get out of jail versus somebody with one thousand dollars having to spend a hundred dollars to get out of jail, it's a big difference. One of those people is going to be at best mildly inconvenienced by that, even though the number is much bigger, and the other person is going to be majorly inconvenienced. Like I've definitely had times in my life when a hundred dollars was the difference between me like keeping a job, not even just surviving, but if I was going to pay for my bus pass that month, I needed a hundred dollars to get to work. Or buy gas. Like how many tanks of gas is a hundred dollars?
1: Depending on the car. One, two, three. I use a tank of gas every week and Oh my gosh. Yeah, I drive a lot. Oh my brain. And it's thirty dollars. It's thirty dollars each time. But I drive a Prius, so I don't use that much gas, but I do have to get a new tank of gas every week. You drive a Prius and use a tank of gas every week? I drive a lot.
2: I guess you do have like a two-hour
1: commute. Yeah. Not one way. That's the total. Just for clarification. I'm not insane. Okay, so that, that does make sense for this project. And I think that that's like a good opening thing. But hearing some of the things that I have like read before or heard people say before, I feel like the uncle who is like the dad in this episode obviously potentially the next thing that they would say is like well then they just if it's unfair that they don't want to pay bail then they just shouldn't have gotten arrested in the first place oh let me
2: cover one of the questions our viewer asked before I cover that one depending on how good you think your sister is at discussing with your uncle and how well you think they get along, you shouldn't necessarily feel bad about pushing your uncle off on the sister because presumably since your sister is making the donation, they know more about the charity than you do and why they believe it's important. So sometimes it's okay to let someone else handle a conversation that you believe the other person is reasonable and you don't have the vocabulary slash information to have that discussion because you didn't do the prep work ahead of time. So I am of the opinion that this person should not feel bad for passing it on to their sister in this instance, but we are also here to help prepare them for if this comes up again with another relative that they believe is reasonable. So they can also have that discussion and not put too much pressure on their sister's shoulders.
1: Yeah. So again, the sister did not make a donation necessarily The sister just did the research for a speech in English class. So the sister actually has done all of the research already, which is good. But the project was to select a charity to give a speech out for. So they've already made a persuasive argument about.
2: So you are you are fine in this instance, presumably passing
1: that on to your sister as she is more prepared than you. But as long as it's not during finals week or something then maybe depending on how time requirements and things
2: fair but for your uncle who may be i don't don't think that's shifting goalposts actually so we'll assume that this is a law and order type and she in their classic they're the dad fashion is doing an excellent job representing the sequence of arguments that could occur
1: are you calling me a dad in this situation the
2: dad this time one time you're not the dad in this situation you're excellent at representing how other people think and have a high empathy level all oh, right okay haha you just you're really able to get in the heads of other people who are well meaning but maybe kind of bad people too
1: mm, i spend a lot of time there so i i really really
2: did you see how i dangled that compliment out and then quickly like drew it back yeah i did it was mean but keep going okay so the uncle just to clarify what you're saying For the people who forgot during our tangent essentially said that, well, they shouldn't have been in jail in the first place. I'm
1: positing that this is the next thing that the uncle would say.
2: I think that's a reasonable assumption. I've definitely, I, I have even heard that argument before, man, you don't have any control over whether you end up in jail. People can just put you in jail for whatever reason they want. The whole point that we talked about earlier is that you're in jail because they don't
1: know if you're guilty or not yet, but they just should have been more polite to the police officers. What do they have to hide, Zero? <laughs> I don't know. I just have seen, like, the idea of, well, then if you're, like, a good person, you cops will like you. And that's just... I have not always... I have not seen that to be the case. I will tell you right now,
2: that is not necessarily true.
1: I don't think it's true at all. Not even not necessarily true.
2: I... I think the color of a person's skin can go a long way towards making certain cops like them. So I'm not willing to say it's categorically untrue, but I am willing to say that there are, well, there, there's the old joke that everyone in jail is innocent slash prison. Like everybody in prison claims that they were innocent, which I don't necessarily think is true either, but I would say that, you need to make up your mind at the beginning of this conversation how much of this garbage from your uncle you're willing to take. (laughs) There is definitely going to be a point in this conversation where you are having this discussion and you two are no longer discussing in good faith, even if you thought you were at the beginning. And I know that that's what I do on this show, is say, sometimes these people you thought were good people are bad people. But currently we live in a country where... People very regularly get framed by the police. And even if they don't get framed by the police, let's let's say the police are doing their job absolutely perfectly and they arrested people who are at the scene of something bad happening and they are protecting, quote unquote, law abiding citizens by arresting all the people who might have caused the trouble They're still going to arrest more people who didn't do anything than who did do something if one person did something.
1: So you've touched on two movies here. One is Shawshank and the other one I think is like sort of going in a minority report sort of thing where it's like trying to arrest people for things that like they would do in the future or might do in the future or could have potentially done
2: say I was not thinking of either of those films while making that discussion, but I was thinking about The Usual Suspects. Oh, I was not thinking
1: about that, but there is like that direct quote from Shawshank, which is a really good movie, and if you haven't seen it, you should totally go watch it. What's that quote? Everybody in here is innocent, and it's a quote from Red. Oh. Don't you know everyone in here is innocent? I don't think I remember that was a quote from Shawshank. Yeah. I had, I had heard that quote
2: before I saw Shawshank, Stephen King is extremely good at pulling together various parts of culture. So, not an intentional Shawshank reference, but good job pulling it out. I didn't mean people getting arrested in a minority report sense. We already... That's already a thing that happens. Like, people go out and do sweeps to find the people most likely to have done a thing. And it's not necessarily positive, but witness testimony in real life is notoriously unreliable. Yeah. So it is extremely difficult to figure out who the right person was that committed certain types of ambiguous crimes.
1: Mm.
2: Yes. Let's, let's stay on the topic of what if they didn't do the crime. And I do think that in that case, defining with your uncle, that jail is not necessarily for people who have committed a crime. And this is not about people who have gone to prison, who are getting out on probation. This is about people who have gone to jail for being suspected of doing something wrong and want to get out. For any reason, there are definitely cases where they definitely did it and people are saying they let them out on bail. But we live in a system where you're innocent until proven guilty. So to have a justice system, which is itself a construct and we should do a social constructs episode in the future. But to have a justice system, you need to treat people equally because equality is the closest we have to fairness And bail does not do that. There's nothing rational about the justice system already, so there's no rational way to set bail for somebody.
1: I'm gonna actually take the bait here, which is part of like the how I think being equal is a bad thing. Because in your example, you were saying that they had essentially the same percentage of their overall wealth was their posted bail, and in your example, Uh, the person that only had like the bail was a hundred dollars instead of a million dollars that it was equal, but it was not fair.
2: Well, fairness doesn't exist,
1: but that's kind of where like the, the bail project comes in. Is they're like, well, this isn't fair. Like sometimes even if it is equal, it's not fair. Right.
2: That's when you get in a deep philosophical conversation with your uncle, which maybe your uncle would be super into. I don't know your uncle. Let's do this philosophical detour on does our justice system, is it fair? Does it create a sense of fairness? Because you're right. Equality is not fairness. Fairness is not a thing that exists. There's no way to distill fairness from the universe. It's not an elementary particle. There's no fairness particle. It's not on the periodic table. It is it is in no way a rational construct, which means that it inherently is a subjective thing, which means that in any case where you are attempting to be fair, you are leaving it up to the best human emotions can provide. <laughs> human emotions are notoriously bad at providing useful solutions to things. Not always, but like, it's sort of not their wheelhouse.
1: Speaking of somebody who's, who's run by emotions, sometimes it'll get you into trouble.
2: Right, and just because somebody has been given a robe and is sitting behind a bench does not mean their emotions won't get them into trouble. There's lots of ways around that, like unconscious bias training and other things. But the closest we can really get to these situations is essentially it sounds like the uncle is not arguing whether or not you should pay someone's bail. They, to me, sound like they are against the concept of bail in general, which I don't know if it's if that vibes the same way for you, Chi. So I want to make sure we're on the same page. Before I continue, this uncle sounds like they don't think people who've been put in jail should be let out of jail at all. That was what I got from the letter.
1: Hmm. No, I got that from the letter that like, yeah, I guess to me it is in the same vein as people who don't want there to be like food stamps and things that like, well, if they just worked harder, they wouldn't need it. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's um the the
2: prosperity gospel
1: yeah i think that it would to me that's kind of how i like fell into it i don't know exactly what the prosperity gospel is but i'm assuming it's like you know if you work hard and you do good then like good things will happen to you basically and it's one of the things that i just don't i don't like karma for that reason like the sort of americanized concept of like oh well that's that'll get you good karma that'll get you bad karma shit just happens (laughs) Well, yeah, the shortest, very
2: short explanation of the prosperity gospel is that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God. And essentially they come to you if you sufficiently believed in God. So not strictly what you're saying, but could easily be derived from what you were saying. Karma is a little bit different in that you don't get your reward until after you die. Prosperity gospel is sort of, if you are a good person, this is not technically a Christian belief, but we'll say it anyway. If you're a good person, you will get into heaven prosperity gospel is not technically christian either so i guess we're matching up but prosperity gospel says if you're a good person you will also be rewarded on earth by god so people who are in jail are by definition not good people because being in jail is bad which i don't disagree with the last point like being in jail seems like a pretty negative experience Mm.
1: also i want to clarify with karma i'm thinking about like strictly the like pop like instant karma kind of thing where it's not pop culture. yeah the, the pop cultural definition of karma,
2: not the life cycle of rebirth karma. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, like, Americanized, you know, like, if you do something bad, then like, oh, your car's going to get dented, or something like that.
2: Yeah, the, the universe instantly... Uh, they are essentially the same thing, I guess. Prosperity gospel is a little bit more long-term than sort of instant karma, but it's the same basic principle. People want there to be a reason why things happen. And sometimes bad things just happen for no reason.
1: Yeah. That's why I don't like the typically used concept of karma. And I don't really like prosperity gospel because sometimes, um, I think like Gandalf said something along these lines, but sometimes like good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And You just have to do the best that you can. And that's why Bilbo spared Gollum. I mean, I agree with everything you said. (laughs) Uh,
2: Sparing Gollum was obviously part of Elu's plan. God damn it. And how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Nerd out.
1: No, but seriously, um, that's like how the 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 way that that read to me from the, the words in the email.
2: Tolkien was a survivor of World War I. I think Tolkien really understood that sometimes good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And things like flying bullets don't actually care what your moral compass is.
1: No, but also sometimes people, cops and things, get drunk on their own power and are fucking assholes about it. And arrest people for no good reason or for very fucking shaky reasons you know
2: to drop it off in the one you could have with your uncle because let's let's face it the type of people who are the why don't they just not break the law types are very often the type of people that if you start honestly talking about police enforcement will get very defensive very quickly it might be easier to just bring up has there ever been a time in your life where somebody accused you of doing a bad thing that you were not doing and you could not convince them otherwise? And it's possible that there aren't. I don't know that I've ever met anybody in my entire life who has never been accused of doing something wrong. They didn't do.
1: That's a really good way to like, sort of think about it. Cause then it puts the empathy ball back in the court of like the uncle, because yeah, I have never met somebody that hasn't been accused of doing something bad.
2: I mean, there's a reason you and the producer let me on this show. <laughs> otherwise, it's just I'll kill them in the parking lot, go find their families and be like, I got you a nice thing because you lived with a terrible person.
1: Wait, what? But like... <laughs> Is that how you would operate otherwise, Zero? What's going on here? What
0: about killing people?
1: I
2: sometimes i say cut them out of your life metaphorically and sometimes i mean literally and i leave it up to our viewers to decide which is which don't okay i'm gonna say this.
1: i can hear the producer in the back of my mind saying make sure they know don't hurt people don't physically hurt people or at least don't mention our show if you do i endorse hurting people who are out to hurt
2: you and punching nazis Okay, I do endorse- Regardless of what the producer says. I do endorse punching
1: Nazis, that's true. I think the producer would support that. That's fair. But that's, like, different than, like, finding them in a fucking parking lot and being like, stab your kidneys, and then run away.
2: I did not say- <laughs> That's extremely specific, and not at all what I said. But, you know what? Don't start the fights.
1: That's fair. If somebody is coming after you, stand the fuck up for yourself. Physically and mentally.
2: Yeah, I support that. I also like your new ability to read our producer's mind without us having to get a side chat notice saying, you need to not encourage children to do those things with the car you encouraged them to do in that one episode. (laughs) To get back on the actual topic, point out that you can end up in jail for the exact same reason that they were accused of doing something they weren't in the past. It's just—it's not even that much more extreme of a version. All it takes is one person... And there's both the instance where it can be entirely accidental, and unfortunately a lot of people who think like this believe that this is a thing that's more common than it is. It could be someone who is actually out to get you. People who have a lot of privilege tend to enjoy fomenting conspiracy theories that people are out to get them, so you should use that against them. And say, well, what if you were in a situation where somebody was just, like, lying about you and was out to get you, so you got thrown into jail, and you needed a way to get out in order to feed your family, or to go to your job? Or because it was a holiday, and you wanted to be out to celebrate the birth of an immigrant child in an oppressive regime 2,000 years ago. For
1: instance, just stab in the dark.
2: As an example... So there's lots of reasons why people could end up in a bad situation that's not a fault of their own. And I do think that when you are having these discussions, you know the person you're talking to and know how much empathy they're capable of having and shifting that burden of empathy onto them to say, oh, yeah, I could see how this situation could happen to somebody where they didn't do anything wrong, but somebody is out to get them. And in a non-religious sense... I feel like those types of people are probably more used to it. Like if your uncle was a troublemaker or something when they were younger, maybe they never ended up in jail, but they're now like, Oh yeah, I saw a lot of my friends end up in jail and I stopped being a bad person because of it. And you can just say, weren't you ever worried you'd end up like just because you were near them when they did something wrong. And they might say, well, they shouldn't hang out with people who would do bad things. And You can just keep shifting that empathy ball around.
1: It's actually not a bad idea. I can actually see using that on some of the people in my life because something very similar in my family happened about that where somebody got real scared. I don't know. Should I tell the story?
2: I encourage you to tell any story you think is good enough. Okay.
1: I'll keep names out of it to protect the innocent. Is that copyrighted? (laughs) Crap. I don't know. No, we can probably do a very short. Yeah, if it's less than 10 seconds, I think it's fine, right? That's what it is. 10 seconds. <laughs> okay, so uh, one of my friends used to like run with a pretty rough crowd in the south. And he got into a car that his friend was driving. And it turns out the friend is like talking to him. And he's like, oh, man, this is a really nice new car. And the guy's like, yeah, I stole it. And uh, my friend was like, oh, uh, okay, well, can you just take me home then? (laughs) He was taken home and dropped off. And then, like, later in the week found out that if he had been caught in the car with the other guy, the guy who actually stole the car, he would also have gone to jail for it. Potentially prison. Just for being, like, he would have instantly been assumed to be, like, an accomplice. I mean, he almost certainly would have gone to jail for it. Which, by the way, the guy who had stolen car did eventually get caught. Because he kept driving the stolen car around. Like, not even smart.
2: I I agree with the uncle. Maybe that person does deserve to be in jail. <laughs> no, I don't really think anyone deserves to be in jail. I think that there's a real question on whether or not, like, particularly in the modern era, jail is even useful. So, let's let's put a bow on this topic. Push your uncle to think about the times that they did things and they were worried about essentially people accusing them of even being worse than they were. Like people do bad things all the time and they do various levels of bad things. And people are very aware that I did one thing and it wasn't that bad, but if somebody had accused me of doing something that was worse, I could have gotten in trouble. Mm-hmm. And They could have ended up in jail over that, and the fact that one person got caught and you didn't doesn't make you a better person than they are, and doesn't mean that they're any less deserving of their freedom in that moment than you were. Because, particularly in the United States, where we have a very strong culture of sort of semi-anarchic freedom, people do ridiculous stuff in this country all the time. I would be hard-pressed to find an adult in this country who has not done something in their childhood that probably should have landed them in jail. Zero? Yes. You don't have to answer this, but what was yours? We... You knew me growing up. What wasn't mine?
1: Yeah, but come on. Story time from Zero. Can you get my popcorn? Why would I
2: record things I've done that could potentially end up with me in jail? What benefit is there in this for me?
1: You never tell stories. That's what the benefit is. That's a benefit for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I prefaced it with you don't have to answer. Didn't we spend an entire
2: episode talking about the weird things we've done in cars? (laughs) Yeah, that's what producer reminds (laughs) me. of. Producer and I are on the same page.
1: (laughs) Okay, we wanted to put a bow on it. I feel like we did. Do we want to talk about other things pertaining to uh the justice system as like a overall well have we covered all of your
2: theoretical uncle unc ancillary ancillary diversions that's like ancillary but with a u n c
1: i l l a r y wouldn't it be unvuncular cuz unvuncular if you inherit something from your uncle it's unvuncular i'm almost certain i'm looking it up Oh, it's A-V-U-N-C-U-L-A-R, unvuncular, relating to an uncle.
2: I was making a side topic joke, but yours also works. Sorry, I thought you were trying to make a pun. I was trying to help you with your pun. I did make a pun! I was making a pun on ancillary, though, not avuncular.
1: Yeah, I was trying to make the words go together. Ancillary and unvuncular, unvuncular. But I like ancillary
2: because it's a n c. And then you just chain A-N-C-I-L. And then you just put it into U-N-C-L.
1: I swear I can do puns. I swear I can do puns. Wonderful you can. Puns.
2: You You've worked hard to get to a good pun level. Thank you. But anyway, do you have any, like, as this conversation with the uncle goes, do you have any other theoretical diversions the uncle might shoot off into?
1: No. Like, as long as the uncle does not go into, like, straight racism or, like, why profiling is good or something like that then yeah as long as they don't go full bloomberg on it yeah then that's about as good as i can do that's that's the most uncle
2: things oh you know what technically here's the thing we can talk about when we used to go shooting out at the farm back in nebraska uh we didn't learn until much later After we had made the zombies that were our shooting targets, that you are technically not allowed to make realistic human-shaped shooting targets, uh, by a number of laws. And we made like three of them and put literally thousands of rounds because it was cool and a thing we could do in an afternoon. We also drove around the city with one hanging out the side of the car, which was super cool.
1: I do not remember that. I
2: don't don't think you were there for that. Your husband was there for that. He probably remembers it. Oh, jeez. But yeah, the very first zombie of the zombies we made, that was just duct tape, old clothes, and newspapers. No,
1: and PVC pipe.
2: Uh, the first one didn't have PVC pipe skeleton. Oh, the first didn't. one was just duct tape clothes. The PVC pipe skeletons were when we got super serious about them. we were actually like making Halloween dummies for like dorm rooms and stuff. We started doing the skeleton so they'd be freestanding. But because the original zombies hung from a A-frame. They didn't need a skeleton because they were gravity like held down. We shoved it in the car and like had it lean partway out the back window and then drove around.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. That's terrible. Although I don't think
2: there's technically anything illegal about that part. No, that was just fun.
1: Just weird and fun. But yeah, we also used like movie magic. We get corn syrup and dyed corn syrup so that it would like have like blood splatter and stuff.
2: Yeah, it turns out that was illegal. Really? I think the statute of limitations has run out. Yeah, I don't think you're legally allowed to make realistic human targets for shooting practice. Even if you're just using twenty twos in the occasional, uh, uh... 7.62? What, uh, yeah. Yeah, Chi. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: uh,
2: things that can shoot metal bars off, uh, off fence posts. That was a time. Shooting is, however, entirely legal in Nebraska. It's just the human target part that was a problem.
1: I don't think we're, I don't think the feds will come for us, though, Sarah.
2: Well, I mean, we didn't cross state lines, so the feds weren't ever going to come for us. Look. And neither of us live in Nebraska
1: anymore. Well, we're talking about it now, so we're in a different state than when we did it. Feds. I don't know how that works.
2: Not, not how federal law works.
1: <laughs> so,
2: the uncle. The good-natured uncle. Not afraid of the feds. We're giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's worth talking to.
1: Not racist. Or not too racist.
2: So, let's talk about the justice system a bit.
1: Oh, Because it sounds
2: like that's where you wanted to go.
1: I'm buckling in. I got my little click. Our justice
2: system is dramatically and completely unfair. And treating our justice system as if there's any semblance of equality in it is just patently untrue and an exercise in intellectual dishonesty right now in particular. You would have to literally remove at least two people from the Supreme Court before you could even start saying that we live in a fair justice system. And even then, you would have to do a lot of cleaning house from the base level up. So the very premise that we live in any sort of balanced or equal or fair justice system Is a logical problem, but it's not the sort of logical problem you can discuss with the type of people who ask, why don't they just not break laws? Because, like, it doesn't help that we have a Senate right now that just breaks laws whenever they want. Wait, the Senate breaks law? Yeah, they're just like, we're not going to nominate this person because we legally are required to. But we've decided that nobody can hold us accountable, so we're not going to do it.
1: Wait, who's supposed to hold the Senate accountable? The House? The Judiciary. Oh. It all comes back to the Judiciary.
2: Well what does it doesn't all come back to the Judiciary? But I mean that's what checks and balances is.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: It's a, it's a circle. But then
1: they It's a triangle. It's a actually. triangle. It's for sure not a circle. It's a circle the same way the little um arrows in the recycling thing are a circle. Okay, that's just a triangle. Well, so I guess we're back where...
2: That's, I guess that's not technically a triangle. It has curved edges. Yeah. And arrows. It's a single-sided Euclidean object? Reduce, no.
1: reuse, recycle.
2: We are talking about different things. Why don't you just carry on? And <laughs> we're just going to abandon this... Li- abandon this sinking ship of a, of a side conversation. <laughs> okay, back to the fucking Senate. Okay, go. I like how you showed me back to the Senate. I mean we just have a Senate right now that just kind of goes around just ignoring the law and the constitution and stuff. And we have a significant portion of the country that literally has not read the constitution and just like shouting about it. And this has literally been the case since America was founded. Like the United States as a country has been a country that's extremely lax about enforcing its own rules, but always wants people who are underrepresented or oppressed to follow those same rules that they refuse to follow in general. So, this is outside the realm of talking with someone else as if, no, you know what? You could just tell, maybe you could just tell your uncle that. Like, our country doesn't obey its own laws. It's not fair to hold people in prison because there is no way to ensure that they ended up there fairly. We're not a country that does a very good job of being, like, fair in a legal sense. We don't like. To do things even when that is your literal whole job that might be difficult
1: i don't have a lot to add to that i was trying to find a um an example of a fucked up judge where uh this woman was like found guilty for like speeding or something and the judge rather than make her pay a fine was like your kittens that you have right now you have to leave them outside on like a freezing night for a night and i'm like what that's crazy Is that okay. Well, I was about
2: to say we don't get topical here, but I don't remember that happening and I don't think it's a sufficiently like I I think that that as an example does sort of illustrate the arbitrariness of our justice system. But as I said before, justice itself is an arbitrary concept, like it's actually very difficult to create a fair justice system because fairness is not a thing that exists outside of human emotions. So to double click on that point. We all kind of go into these conversations from a very emotional point of view. There's not a way to have an objective conversation about the prison system.
1: I got it totally wrong. So uh, this woman ordered to spend night in woods for abandoning kittens. The woman already abandoned the kittens and she had to spend a night outside in the woods without water, food or entertainment as part of her punishment for abandoning 35 kittens, which is a lot of kittens. And also, heck, this woman. Isn't being abandoned in the woods its own entertainment? Well, yes. We call that camping, but...
2: (laughs) Well, no, because camping, you can leave whenever you want. Yeah. Well, except the way you camp.
1: (laughs) Well, look, if you hike in for two days, you can't just instantly leave. You have to hike out for two days.
2: Right, so, yeah, for you, being abandoned in the woods is just entertainment. I'm not sure what the actual legal required punishment for that would be or if it would have even met it but I think that that is a really good example of that is a judge operating on emotion
1: yeah because it's kittens I'm operating on emotions and heck this woman
2: I don't think that emotions are necessarily a bad thing to have in a discussion but I do think you have to acknowledge going in and similar to the empathy thing we were saying before you need to figure out where the emotional core of the person you're discussing this conversation with lies and how much they, as an example, care about human life as compared to, say, animal life, in which they consider more important. That's true.
1: So, like... This was a very... I shouldn't have brought up this article, but I, I, I remembered it slightly different. No, this is a good... Uh, this is a classic dad, you're wrong, appropriate tangent.
2: <laughs> like, this, this would be instantly emotional for people. I'm trying to stay at a place where like i don't poke anyone's emotions because i don't think that there's really an invalid emotion in this situation per se and you brought up an article that's going to be very emotional for a lot of people and i want to respect that and i i do think that when you are having this conversation you need to gauge both your emotional place and the person you're discussing with emotional place like Does the uncle feel safer because jails exist? Do they, like you said, really understand what jails do? You didn't. You might have relatives who would have said something like this because they don't really understand what a jail is. They might think a jail is a prison.
1: Yeah, which is how I I kind of started out this way. Even after doing research on bails, I didn't do the necessary research for the difference between jails and prisons. I think it's one of those things that, like, if you don't stay up on them, if you don't feel that it's super, if you don't grow up thinking that it's relevant to you, you don't do the research.
2: I just like that you said that if you don't stay up on them as if jails and prisons were like some sweet new Gen Z concept, <laughs> you just got to keep up with the kids and their jails versus prison dilemma. <laughs> Have we really considered how much they're encouraging the school to prison pipeline? <laughs> Cause they think it's hip and cool. Millennials are destroying the school to prison pipeline.
1: We are. One more thing that we are destroying.
2: I know. We're the murder we're generation murder, murder lineals. I like
1: that, actually. Can we change?
2: <laughs> Our producer appropriately said if only, and I agree. Give it another twenty years. I don't think so. I think it's gonna get worse. I'm super pessimistic about this. You should be super pessimistic about this. A lot of people have put no thought really into what we actually do with the people we who get arrested people who have never been arrested don't think about what it is like to be arrested and they because uh the united states is super heavy on variations on the prosperity gospel assume anybody who got arrested deserves it
1: not not always the case not usually not usually the case i'm gonna say not usually the case i don't know if that's a particularly strong argument for your uncle that we
2: throw a lot of innocent people in jail (laughs) I think that you should bring it up. I think good job on your sister for actually like doing some research into what happens when someone gets arrested. And I think that there's a lot of people who prey on those people because that's kind of a forgotten class of human in our society is the people who have been wrongfully arrested at various levels. Like There was a kid a few years ago. I think they just got out in 2017, but my timeline might be off. I'm making the producer look up more stuff for their excellent show notes. But the kid who was sent to Rikers for stealing a backpack when they didn't steal a backpack and they spent two. Thank you. Khalif Browder spent two years in Rikers for not doing anything wrong who then committed suicide afterwards. Jesus Christ. So this is a person who literally didn't do anything wrong. That is what bail is theoretically for. That is what the uncle is
1: choosing to ignore or may not know about. Jesus Christ. Okay. Let me read like the opening thing for this. Browder was known for having been held at Rikers Island jail complex between 2010 and 2013 when he was unable to make bail. Yeah. He was in solitary confinement for two of these years. He was released when the prosecutor's case was found to be lacking evidence against him and the main witness left the US. God damn. I brought it down. That's
2: also my job here. God damn. There's really two ways you can approach this, and both of them have to deal with how do you feel about other humans? Do you value other humans' lives? And the first one is Do you value them over kittens? <laughs> you you don't even value your own life over
1: kittens. I certainly do not. I'm not
2: gonna tell Helltown USA story on this episode, oh but it's coming later. Viewers, tune in for future episodes when the Helltown USA story gets told. We're running long; it will make us longer. But chicory does not value their own life in the wastelands of Iowa over potentially seeing free kittens.
1: Oh my God, free kittens!
2: That aside, you can ask them to empathize in the sense we talked about previously, where they have been accused of things wrongly in the past. And now they can think back on that and say, oh, yeah, I was accused wrongly. Other people might be accused wrongly. Or you can bring up actual instances of people who have been wrongly accused and Just stuck in jail for it, which there are many, some of them very high profile and some of which have very tragic endings. And if neither of those work, you're probably going to have to have a philosophical discussion about why they believe in the prosperity gospel. Or they're going to end up, like she said, just being sort of this racist profiling person. And you might have to not talk with them and keep in mind that the other person you might be able to go to to talk about this is your sister, because presumably she did the research for her project.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think the other thing is that, like, for me, I always get angry at, like, the the beginning of these sentences, and I have to always catch myself, and, like, you know, sometimes people are not being obtuse, sometimes they don't know. And, yeah. There's a saying that,
2: never assume malice, where stupidity is a perfectly reasonable explanation. Our justice system has a lot of stupidity in it, and a lot of people believe that that system creates fairness— in a non malicious way. Like they genuinely believe the system will work for them. So getting them to see where the system doesn't work for them is going to be both the hardest part of this, but it will probably be the path that's the most rewarding for you because a lot of people who believe the justice system has merit or is actually useful are doing so because they're empathizing with the victims and they don't understand that a person who is in jail or in prison can be a victim. And sometimes you have to make them see themselves as a victim first, which sucks because people should be able to conceptualize humanity as an abstract whole. But a lot of folks can't. So, yes, to cover your statement, humans are weird and complicated and they don't always do things right. All true.
1: Okay, so tune in next time for the Helltown. She almost got everyone killed. Story. No,
2: I'm not promising that next time. <laughs> I will tell that story when it is relevant.
1: I think it's always it's like the hot chocolate of relevance. It just is always it's always relevant. I like how
2: you explained that reference by making a more obtuse reference. Okay, we'll just say it's always relevant. How do we end this show? It just just end the sh- put these people out of their misery.
1: Remember dads, we love you, but sometimes you're wrong.
2: I believe in
0: kitty cats. Meow. meow, Where are you from? Meow. meow. Thanks for listening to Dad, You're Wrong. If you have a situation you'd like the hosts to discuss, send us an email at dadyourong at gmail.com. You can also reach out on Twitter with at wrong. That's D A D. Y-O-U-R-E-W-R-O-N-G. We also have a Patreon, and as always, we'd love to hear what you think in iTunes reviews. We hope you are safe and well, and we will be back with you next month.